but I'm really excited about our first guest. She's live here in the studio with us in the fireside room at Holy Spirit. Gretchen McLaughlin, thank you for joining us this morning. Yes, you're welcome. Good morning. How are you? I am doing very well. I'm actually a fan of snow, so I'm you are awaiting so you're living snow. in the right place. I, I always find it funny how you know us South Dakotans, North Dakotans, Minnesotans act shocked every winter. <laughs> it's snowing, you know. We've I, you know most of us have lived here, but it's always a surprise. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but it <laughs> is. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I grew up in T, South Dakota, so not too far from Sioux Falls here. I went to the University of South Dakota, and I graduated in 2016 with a degree in psychology and addiction studies. And after my time at USD, I was a focus missionary for three years. I served my first year in Des Moines, Iowa, um, at Drake University. And I served the past two years at the University of North Dakota in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Ah. So that's a little history about myself. So definitely in our listening area. Yes. Wonderful. So you said you um, got a degree in chemical dependency. Yes. How did you start into that, you know, that field? Yeah. So right away going to college, I was just, I think a lot of people go through this. They're just kind of uh, taking classes, trying to figure out what they enjoy. I knew that I wanted to go into some kind of a helping field. Um, but once I started taking some classes in uh, the addiction studies major, I really realized that counseling is something that, you know, God's given me a gift in. And it's something that I am very passionate about. And, you know, when people are stuck in their addictions, it's kind of one of the lowest points that they are in in their lives. And to be able to help somebody pull themselves out of that um, just was a great joy for me. So um, decided to pursue the addiction studies path. Hmm. And that's a very difficult path. I mean, Father, you must deal with a lot of people struggling with that. Yes, I think uh, most statistics are even when priests preach to a congregation, there's well over half that have some sort of addictive behaviors and mm-hmm. certainly chemical yeah. dependency or substance abuse is one of those that uh, causes a great deal of concern. And uh, um, one of the real graces that I've had since you talked through the grace that God's grace that comes through addiction is had the opportunity uh, when I was a pastor at St. Michael's to have as one of my associates one a priest that... Uh, struggled with addiction and was actually in in treatment uh, Mm. for a couple of times. And now he's one of the most effective uh, counselors for um, not only priests, but also for other people that are struggling with addictions. And he, I was always amazed at um, his uh, dedication to it and the number of people he brought in through going through AA meetings, Mm -hmm. uh, especially young people, like around your age that, uh, and he was uh, even older than myself. And he, uh, really was effective with that so kind of uh as you see that as how god's grace works through that how have you experienced that too among the people yeah um it's a it's a really beautiful thing because like i said before you know when you're stuck in an addiction it's it's really the lowest point that a lot of people are at um but i rarely you know i talk to a lot of people every day about their addictions and Rarely do I ever hear that somebody is able to come out of an addiction on their own. Right. Um, A lot of times, you know, it starts with being able to open yourself up to, you know, ask other people for help and um, begin that process of searching for um, something. And 
you know, it's, it's always a joy for me when I can hear people who have found God and who have really learned how to surrender to him and to allow him to transform them. And yeah, it's, it's just very clear that it's, it's not something we can do on our own. We have to rely on God to, you know. Yeah. And the way that God works for other people, because I've been involved in my 42 years of priesthood with a number of interventions Mm -hmm. that families have asked me to come to their home or a place or the, and with their usually their children or sometimes neighbors that have just noticed that there's a bad pattern going on here. Yes. And uh, it's always a very humbling but a very beautiful experience because, as you know, they kind of fight through it. Yes. But when they keep hearing the consistency of people saying, hey, you have a problem here, and it's affecting not only you but all of us. So Yeah. Yeah, and so interventions are really very graced moments, I think. Absolutely. And in those moments, I mean... We, I think we can all relate to that fighting something, but you know when they when they realize that it's coming from people who love them and people who care about them, mm-hmm. it gets a little bit easier to open open yourself up to kind of recognizing that maybe something needs to change. Yes, I've also done a number uh, of fifth steps mm-hmm. uh, with uh, people that have come in as they're going through the twelve step program of AA and uh, find that to be uh, first of all, it's it's a uh, pretty exhausting even Mm -hmm. from the point of the listener Mm -hmm. but also i imagine for the person that's going through it as he or she is reflecting on all the ways of which all those negative attitudes and actions have affected and going all the way back to almost their beginnings of the what they can remember of how uh, things have uh, people that affected them and people that they've affected negatively yeah, it really brings you to a raw emotional state yes. to have to take a an honest look at your life and to recognize that, you know, while pr- a lot of things have happened to me to get me to this place, in that I've also done a lot of things that maybe I wish I hadn't done or I could go back and change. So for the listeners, what is the fifth step? Well, it's uh, you know, as they lead up to it, the fifth step is when you really do a whole examination of your life and uh, your the ways, responsibility and yes, and uh, looking at all the people that um, you might have to apologize to. Not that you necessarily have to go face to face to them, but probably just reflecting. They usually write it out, and it's a it's a written uh, process where they go through all the way back as far as they can remember. Wow. Of people, and then asking, you know, for that higher power. Of course, in our faith, it's Christ, the the power of of the grace of Christ to mm-hmm. get through it. Some people that aren't even Catholic, or sometimes they're not even any religious uh, background, uh, still do the the process without w- relying on a higher power because they realize on their own they're unable to do it. Right. Absolutely. So, for the those of you that might just be tuning in. Um, we are talking with Gretchen McLaughlin. Uh, Father Chuck Simple and I are broadcasting from Holy Spirit Catholic Church here in Sioux Falls, and we're talking about addiction. Uh, Gretchen is a chemical dependency counselor, and we're kind of talking about how addiction works and how it affects people. One thing I would like to point out that, you know, and Father, you touched on this briefly at the very beginning is addiction is so widespread. I think people tend to have a view of what addiction looks like. And addiction doesn't always look like what you think it will. So can you kind of talk about how widespread addiction really is? Yeah, I mean, addiction affects anyone and everyone. It's not 
um, just, you know, the specific, maybe stereotypical population that we would think. And it it also affects people in a lot of different ways. Um, Sometimes it's more visible in how it affects people's lives and sometimes it's more hidden. Um, But I think, you know, something that is really striking to me about how addictions work is that um, there's kind of this this dissonance in a person's life where on one hand, you know, there's a reason I have this addiction because I get some kind of pleasure from it or I, um, I get something, however small it may be from this. Um, and you know, on the other hand, I hate it because Mm. it's destroyed so many things in my life. Um, and so it's kind of hard to, to balance that. And I think that's one of, you know, the biggest struggles that addicts live with is that um it just you can't have both you can't have both ways right right so if we have listeners that um have fear that they might have an addiction or fear that someone that they love has an addiction what are some things that they should be thinking about or doing or can do yeah um when i talk to my clients you know i i love to just kind of leave them with excuse me, little bits of advice. And the biggest thing that I tell them is to be patient with themselves. Um, If you think you might have an addiction or you you know you have an addiction and you're not sure what the next steps are, um, be patient with yourself. It's it's a great thing to be able to recognize that it is causing you problems in your life. Um, But to reach out to somebody who you trust. It doesn't have to be, you know, any random person, but somebody who you know loves you, who you know you can trust, um, and just ask them for help because so many people try to handle their addictions on their own and you're just going to get trapped in that same cycle that you've yeah. been in. Well, and I think it's really important for the listeners to know too, My, I was married to an addict for 15 years and I thought mine was special. I thought my addict was special. Mm. <laughs> he wasn't. He, you know, I think once I found help, once I found people, once I found support, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be shocked at how your addict isn't special or your addiction isn't special. So many people deal with the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I would just want to encourage people to reach out and get that help and not to be afraid because you're not alone in this. And especially our young people too, because uh, there's, I I think in any time, but I think we're in a time and when there's so many pressures on our younger people, whether it's with uh, academics and sports and everything. So they, Mm -hmm. they look for something that they think is going to relax them. And then it becomes uh, something that can be an addictive behavior in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, ultimately what it comes down to is that we're all trying to fill this God-shaped hole in our heart. And if we haven't found a relationship with Jesus, we're going to try to grab onto anything we can to fill this hole. And sometimes we get trapped in grabbing onto something that um, we weren't made to grab onto. Yeah, and you probably discovered that being a focused minister on campuses too. Yes, absolutely. Of younger people, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, any last thoughts? I we're running out of time this morning. It's, it was a quick interview. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful to be here. And, you know, like I said before, anyone who is knows somebody who is struggling with an addiction or if you yourself are, just be patient with yourself and um, 
give your, put yourself in an opportunity to maybe um, explore the possibility of surrendering. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Gretchen, for joining us You're this welcome. morning. Thank and you for having many me. Many blessings and prayers for your work. Thank Thanks, you. Gretchen.